Welcome to the podcast. It's the worst territory in the world. Personalities, history, and other stories. We know you're craving for more knowledge. Let the champions get their glory. It's the worst territory in the world. All right, everybody, welcome in. It is the best time of the week to possibly talk about the worst territory in the world. I am your host, Gabe, sitting here with Chris. And this week, we have a very, very special guest as we continue our pilgrimage into the NWL. Chris, why don't you intro our guest this week? Well, after you said in our pre-little show discussion that I was going to be really super nice to this person, then now I'm I'm just going to sort of downplay that a little bit. Because, I mean, I like this person, but um i don't know i don't know why you thought i was gonna be nicer to this person than other people but uh let's introduce her nevertheless um she is uh, i did not meet her until the nwl was hiring people much like you gabe i didn't know you from a doorknob and uh so she came in and interviewed and she has become a good friend and she is marty bell marty i i do feel like i don't know how many other people has he had on that he's called a good friend Zero. Uh, Lucy. Lucy. Oh, okay. All right. Lucy, all right. All right. I figured right. Lucy might be one, but I, I was I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure. I know that she is one, but I wasn't Hoodie? sure said it. You right, whatever. Well, no, you didn't call Hoodie a good friend. You didn't call Hoodie a good friend. Okay, you're right. He's, he's not one. Stop but, trying to downplay it. But but it's funny because my brother who listens to this podcast all the time, he was like, Do you and Chris even like each other? And I'm like, Yeah, <laughs> we like each other. And he goes, There's always this like weird, like and I'm like, well, you know, we really like each other, but, you know. Yeah. Chris is a yeah. jerk sometimes, you know. Correct. I'm the baby face. He's the heel. Oh, I'm just kidding. But hey, let, yeah, let's do the <laughs> let's do the cool thing. that Let's do the regular script of podcasts where we all just sit here and love each other and kumbaya. I'm like, hey, buddy, uh, we're, fa- we're fans of, of wrestling and so are you. So we just decided to talk about wrestling together. We're lifelong friends. It's me and Bill and Ted. We're here. <laughs> Like you may do that every time. I mean, that's stupid. Like we obviously have history together, and we We just didn't do this together because we rented videos from Coliseum Video twenty years ago. So whatever. Anyway, Marty Bell. Marty Bell is here. We're going to talk about NWL, Marty, because that's when I first got to meet you. Uh, But uh, before all this, let's talk about let's talk about the build up to you to moving to this great city of Kansas City that you lived in for five plus years. you're from the Dominican, right? Or Dominican <laughs> Republic. No, what? Chris, no. The Dominican. First of all, I'm not from the Dominican. I am Dominican. No, I was born in New York City. Oh, I knew that. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Was... We're, we're such good friends. He knew that. <laughs> it's, it's a very common misconception. I was born in New York, and I, when I was a few months old, I moved to the Dominican Republic. And then I moved back when I was seven. But I spent m- my summers in the Dominican Republic. So I grew up. Between New York City and the Dominican Republic, not the Dominican, the Dominican Republic. You're very proper with that. You can say DR or the DR. Either one works. No one here would know what DR is. That's so do you and me, because I know that now. And Mr. Miller. He goes by Gabe. I, we, oh, I, I, I didn't fucking stop know. The, stop the... Hey, Am I now, I, now I have to click oh, explicit no. language. Thanks. Um, oh, anyway. Uh, it's fine. <laughs> Marty, when I first... Uh, 
got to meet you. Um, well, first of all, before you came to Kansas City for your initial interview, um, had you heard of this wildly awesome idea called the NWO? Had you heard of it at all when you were so, working on the indies and stuff like that at that interestingly point? Interestingly enough, yes and no. I had never met Lucy Mendez, who I know was a recent guest of yours. Um, I had actually never met Lucy, but I had seen her name pop up, you know, in places or whatever. And then uh, there is this group on Facebook where all of the women's wrestlers or a group of women's wrestlers kind of vet, you know, or kind of vouch for people or say like, hey, stay away from this place, this place. I didn't have a good experience. Uh, hey, I need a girl for this weekend, blah, blah, blah. I saw Lucy make a post in that group. Uh, they were At that point, they were looking for commentators. They were not looking for a backstage correspondent. That particularly was about looking for commentators. And um, she also mentioned about, you know, there's going to be uh, health care. There's going to be contracts, salary, this, that, and the other. And I remember thinking, that's weird. But I was just getting out of a relationship and I felt like I needed to change uh, as one does. I didn't decide to cut my hair. I decided to move across the country. Sure. And I had done commentary exactly one time before, but <laughs> I was like, you know what? I did it one time. Now I, I can probably do it. So I applied. And then um, I took the phone call, I believe with you and major or maybe just major. I don't remember. Was it both of you guys? Uh, it was both of us. Um, okay. Yes, it was both of us on that call. Were you I working TNA at the time, Marty? Um, Sort of. I was uh, on my way out at that point. I uh, had not been used on television for a very long time at that point. And so I, uh, I wasn't sure what was next. I wasn't sure what was going to be happening. I didn't know if I was going to resign because I wasn't being used. So I didn't know. I didn't know exactly where my career was going at that point. Uh, but I was working a full-time job in an office at that point. So I remember taking that call in my car during my lunch break. And I feel like everything moved really, really fast. Uh, yeah. I feel like I went out to Kansas City to meet with you in like early November. It was right before Thanksgiving. Does that sound about right? Yeah, yeah, because it was like, uh, I mean, you were coming in. I had already been there for, I don't know. Mm -hmm four to six months and you were one of your the position that you were up for whatever you ended up getting a job I, I it changed daily but yes. uh that was uh you know he was just like filling in some of the last roster spots or whatever before we started uh going full time November but, 7th I have a picture from it November 7th uh crossroads I stayed uh I stayed in the crossroads I stayed in a I was wearing wearing a cute little outfit I I came in for the day I came in just for the day I still have that picture for some reason um, I came in for the day uh, mm -hmm. to interview with you. And yeah. I, it was actually in our downtown offices, which also was very like, what the heck? It was like super fancy for uh, yeah. independent wrestling thing. Yeah. Well, so that was the thing too. Like, I mean, obviously I know we'll, we'll kind of go through it or whatever, but I met with you. Uh, I think I met Major very, very briefly. I met with you first, right? Uh, yes, we both uh, we were both involved in that because this was a uh, this was a role that Major wanted to be involved uh, with hiring. When you came in, uh, basically, uh, you showed that picture just a second ago on your phone, and I remember that in consequent years since that picture was taken, you uh, alerted me that you felt like you were in like the worst shape of your life at that point, and I was like, oh, you yeah. were in bad shape. What the oh, hell? Oh no! When I started, well, that picture's in November. When I started in January, I was in the worst shape. Well. 
up until that point. I've been in worse shape than that. <laughs> but um, I remember at that point, I remember our first ever taping that we had, our Kansas City taping, that dress, like, I... It, the blue like, one. It, the blue dress, because... I wore blue in Kansas City and I wore red in St. Louis because I took my job seriously. <laughs> um, and I just remember being like, oh, my God, I ended up losing like 30 pounds in the next like in the next uh, few months after I started NWL. But that was a little bit down the line. That was a little bit down the line. Because I remember we were both living in another hotel at the time when I got hired. And I remember you telling me the because we would go downstairs and eat breakfast together sometimes in the hotel. And I remember you telling me about this this blue dress that you were like, oh, my God, like I it's going to rip. It's just going to rip off. It it's just, just was not split it off of me. Was not, okay. All right. I don't know if we're going to do all that, but yes. Well, no, but you uh, were saying like how, how the show was coming up and it was going to be very, Oh yeah. I was not, but I, I, because I was very set. I knew that I wanted to wear that blue dress. I, that is one thing. Like I had, my wardrobe was pretty intense. Like I, I had all the dresses I had. I, I really did take that part. I don't know. I, I, I think presentation is very important. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, look, kind of, when you got brought in for that interview, uh, so when you were brought in, you thought it was was a backstage correspondent at that point. Is that what it was? At that point, I think I did know that it was backstage. At that, uh, I think so. When I interviewed, it was definitely when I interviewed. I interviewed. I actually, I feel like it was during the interview that he mentioned backstage, and I was like, "All right, what, whatever. Like, I'll do yeah. it. I've never done it, but I'm gonna figure it out once again." You weren't so at this point. You were definitely weren't being brought in to be a wrestler because at the you know you were going to you were long you were you know long distance to be a wrestler for what we were doing at that point. So yeah. um, you were brought in just for a full time job, which was better than you know ninety nine percent of the people that were being brought in just to wrestle. So um, when you were doing that, I remember we we were down to like several people, and I know this is a shock, but doing like a backstage announcer thing is usually you have to find someone that's some level of attractiveness. We, we happened upon you and uh, there were other people involved that were up into like, um, you know, there was some TV, like there was a couple girls that were like TV reporters across the country. One was from Philadelphia, I remember. And then, and, yeah, and really. to, to a couple of them were, a couple of them were from the East coast and then, and it was you. So of course I had never, I did not know you at all, but we had a mutual friend, uh, David Lagana who also was on the writing team with me at WWE and I knew David pretty well. So I uh, messaged him about you and he's put you over big time. And uh, so, uh, so then you came in for the interview and I thought it was a super uh, big coup for us. And I didn't know you at all, but I knew that you had had television experience, which at that point, the only people that were really involved in this that had television experience on the sort of the, the on-air talent side was, I guess it'd be Sam Udell, Dak Draper. He had been involved with NXT, but I don't think I, mean, I, I could be, you know, other people had had like sort of you know, some enhancement talent stuff yeah. on, you know, Raw or SmackDown or stuff like that through the years. But I'm talking about someone that actually had a full-fledged contract with the company. And so you having that kind of knowledge was obviously uh, the only thing that I really, was. yeah, I mean, that was like, the why wouldn't it The only thing, I don't know, man. I feel like, I feel like I can be pretty charming when I want to be. Yeah, but everybody, but yes and but you had the upper hand uh For everyone sure. but by the way i don't know if you know this marty but everyone's charming in their lying uh, resume interview Correct. okay they're like oh this you're the best person two months later i hate this person let's fire them but uh that's <laughs> that is not what happened with you 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 got hired and what was what was interesting you uh interview you you were roommates with brandis outlaw who was another employee of nwl and <laughs> like she was hired before you correct yeah. Yep. yep. Okay. Oh, yeah. When I uh, my first day, she was already there. 
Yeah. So what had happened is um, he was going to interview Brandis and he ended up hiring Brandis to do something other than your position. So we added another position, Brandis was brought in, and then you got brought in as well. So uh, Brandis was working more on the social media stuff and then you came in to do that. But so when you got there, like you already mentioned, the place was like super nice. Uh, we've talked about here with several people, the hoodie and Lucy and stuff about just the incredible like, and I've said it, the incredible like luxurious stuff that we had. I mean, it's crazy. So, so I just remember I, I feel like I met with you. I had, you know, my meeting with you. I may have done some on-camera work. I don't remember. I vaguely remember maybe doing like a, like a test, like a camera test, which makes sense. I think we did. I, yeah. You want to see? Yeah, that makes sense. Which also, like, you had these amazing cameras already. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Like, this seems legit. And then I walked into his office. I had a meeting with him. He kind of explained everything, explained my pay, ended up actually bumping what he originally said he was going to pay me, offered me more money. And so, of course, and at this point, we he hasn't, I think I can't remember if he offered me. I think he offered it to me on the spot because I kind of was like, am I interviewing or do I have this job? Like, I, I really didn't know. But I do remember, you know, I flew home that day. I interviewed with you guys. I got picked up in a limo also or a town car, whatever. I get dropped off at the airport. I go home and I remember distinctly sitting in my garage and calling Allison, calling Allison Kay, who is my best friend, as you guys, you know, if you know me, you know who she is. Um, and I'm talking to her and I'm giving her the rundown of everything. And I remember every like minute or so she would stop me and be like, this is a wrestling company. And I was like, yeah, it's a wrestling company. Uh, Cause I'm like, yeah, you know, we are going to be given full benefits like dental vision health. And she's like, hold on, this is a wrestling company. And I'm like, yes, it's a wrestling company. And then I would go back and keep explaining things like, yeah, you know, there's contracts. There's, she's like, hold on, this is a wrestling company. And I'm like, yes a pro wrestling company and just being like oh that's crazy and i don't know it just it just it i needed to move i needed a change and i was like screw it like whatever i i was living in cleveland at that point and so i was like this can't be any worse than cleveland yeah no it, and it's not it's way it better but yes yeah i wouldn't say that but um I, I always like to ask people first impression of major basin he's such an interesting cat what was your first impression I think I was just confused because he, he's very young. You know, f you, I, I I would say he was young, right? He he couldn't have been more than like, he was probably in his 30s, wasn't he? He's like, he's like three years younger than me. So thanks. Yeah, he's pretty young. Yeah. Oh, if he, if he, he's about your age and he's probably in his late 40s by now. But, you know, he seemed like a young, a young fella. So I was very confused. I think, honestly, I was just very confused about everything because I'm like, I think I'm sure that it also helped to, like you said, to hire me that I came from the wrestling world. This is a person who did not come from the wrestling world. And to be putting so much money, so much money into wrestling and not being a wrestler, not growing up in wrestling, I was just very confused. Uh -huh. And he seemed like a very smart person. And seeing everything, like it was ran like a corporate job, which I just... That's corporate and wrestling are not things that you put together unless you are working, obviously, for one of these major companies and you're working in the office. Like, it was just very, very confusing and just everything. I remember working, uh, helping out with the gear and being like, yeah, we're going to get new gear for all of these people, including our part timers. And also, we're going to get them stagecoach boots that cost $500 to $1,000. And I'm like, I'm sorry, what? Like, I was just very, I feel like the first, 
Oh, and we also, we, uh, Ben and I, Gabe, I, Sir Miller, what this gentleman Gabe. here, Gabe, cool. I, I don't know. Gabe um, mentioned we lived in a hotel. We lived in a nice hotel for like a month. Mm-hmm. And I was being flown back and forth um, to Cleveland until I found an apartment. And then it was the holidays. It was just, it was a lot. Like it was very overwhelming and just like, and I think also, I don't really know that we've mentioned this. Like I did sign on to be a backstage correspondent, but I also signed on to do social media work. Mm-hmm. Like I wasn't, I wasn't just, okay, we have a show on Saturday. I'm, I'll be here. Like I was also working as, as was Gabe. We were working during the week, um, which was also in the long run, really, really helped me out because I feel like it just, it, it added so much more to my resume. Yeah, no, I think it was, uh, you know, as you know, and as it continued forward, like everyone had to pick up more and more responsibilities because that's just how it happens when you're spending uh, a lot of money on something that's not necessarily paying off right away. But like we talked about before, Major went into this knowing that he was going to lose money the first year or two. He was totally okay with that, knew what it took to do a startup company. And as I've said before, I I told Major many times that you know that you're not going to make money in this like i i mean i i'm i'm sorry i'm a cynical guy i've done this for a while like this doesn't make money you do it for fun this isn't something that you want to throw like all the you know but you know he sort of looked at me like with a chuckle and thought that you know like what I've, I've been a super you know like i'm daring him to do it right so uh and i much like you marty was also in this situation and in my life where I was like, I needed a change career wise. And this was something that was going to be fun. It was going to be local. And uh, I didn't, uh, after meeting major, and I think you could, you probably had the same after a while, maybe not the initial impression, but after you get to in depth, no major, you're like, you know, I don't think it's going to work, but this guy is so confident and so sure of himself and he's made money and he has a track record and he's not your normal quote unquote, uh, like a Tony Khan money mark that uh, this guy's self-made and he is going to know what to do. So I sort of was like, hey, let's just throw caution to the wind and see how this goes. It literally becomes like, a, all right. And and I think it also, we were all in this together, you know, like I, yes, you were local, but like Gabe and I moved. Gabe literally moved across the country with his wife. Like it wasn't just like me where I was like, screw it. I'm single. I'm, you know, I don't have any kids. I don't have any pets. Like I'm moving. Mm -hmm. A lot of people move their entire lives for this. And I think that that's also why it hurts so much to when it did. Like I was going to say fail, but I don't know if failed is the right word, but when it all ended, I think it was, I think that's why it hurt even more. I think actually that's not why it hurt. The reason that it hurt the most is because we felt like we were finally on track. Yeah, I think that I think that's the kind of the general consensus yeah. that we've come across since we've been interviewing people is they were like, we were rolling like we that's the problem. Doing it. We, we had it. We had the formula down. And it's funny you mentioned the all the different jobs that our jobs eventually evolved into, which was a lot more. I remember doing street teams with you. I was just, I re- I, that was my first thought was us street teaming. I, I and like I remember dropping tickets off and doing all these things. And, you know, kind of getting to know the city at the same time. And I remember when it closed, I was filling out an application. I was like, there is no chance I can possibly list everything that I ever did at the NWL because no one would ever understand. I'm like, not only was I on screen for a while until he kicked me off for you. That's that's another story. Sorry. He was like, like, let's have these guys co-host. Hey, 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 Gabe, could you scoot (laughs) over a little bit? No, no, no more. 
no, 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 just a little bit. Okay, now we got Marty. We're good. Um, which is fine because you're way better looking than me, obviously. Uh, and yeah. and so it was just like it was impossible because we did so much there that like it's like no resume, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Despi- like, how suffice. do you? I also think that that's something that's something that's completely bonded all of us because no matter how many of these uh, interviews you guys do or how many people you talk to, I don't think or how much footage is out there or whatever. I don't think anybody unless they lived it is ever going to understand and appreciate what we went through day to day what we like I just gosh there's so many things I think of like even dumb things the one time when we went bowling like like just things like just there's so much dumb stuff hoodie dancing in the office on Josh Leo like things like that like how do I explain that to somebody and not sound insane like oh yeah it was really funny when this one guy was going like this dancing everyone's like okay that's cool but it's like we know. We sure, know. sure. I, I mean, will tell you every time I walk, past, like uh, when, I, when we just did Impact a few weeks ago, uh, I had to walk behind the board to get to the locker room. And I had, I almost fainted. I was like, oh, the board <laughs> that eventually me and Gabe had to put together this like $200,000 board. What was it? Like something insane no, it's that crazy, we yeah. were just in charge of? Like, the video board that the NWL had was like second to none on anything their level. I mean, at, on, on the NWL's level, like WWE or, you know, even like uh, Impact now, I'm sure it's bigger. I, I Oh, maybe it's not. Maybe it's equal. I, but... feel like it's, I feel like it's the same board. I feel like I could go, I could go there and set it up. Like, <laughs> well, there, I got they, this. You've just diversified yourself there. Good job. Uh, but no, it's you're right. The board, the video board, and the production uh, of it was like he he just put a lot of money in it. You you named it all. We talked about that before. But the stagecoach, the the Marcy putting Marcy was a gal that worked in the office, and she was put in charge of buying everyone their gear and their uh their their costuming, their you know sort of gimmicks they take to the ring, whatever you want to say that she all did. And I remember at the time that she was supposed to keep it under like. Twenty or thirty thousand dollars for the entire roster, and I remember at one point it was got up to like eighty six thousand dollars. Yeah, I was gonna say and I believe we went thirty thousand dollars over budget. Is what I remember hearing hearing that number tossed around. Yeah, and this was all stuff that you know. Again, talking about uh, th- this is you know when when Major was putting together the office staff before he started hiring people that had wrestling backgrounds, he was hiring people that were just doing what they thought they had to do. They had no clue. Like, you know, if, for example, we've talked about uh, Jake Durden was a guy named Jack Foster and she, she he was looking into buying, um, you know, jackets and she wanted to he wanted to have a uh, major wanted to have uh, Jack Foster go to the ring and like and have like a old school typewriter. You remember this? Like she, they wanted like one of the clink, 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 you know, like on misery or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, we he was going to go buy one of those. And she was calling this like Hollywood wannabe in Kansas City. But it was like a. You know, a, a draw, a place you know well, Marty, and you know, like prop company. So that know. is actually, but she did reach out to them. That's where a lot of I like. Yeah. I that's she where did. that's where most of like, for example, Dax's jacket. Dax, when Dax found out how much his like bullet <laughs> necklace cost, he about lost his mind. Because like I remember distinctly one time when I was doing Marcellus Gaines, aka uh, Stephen Wolf. He had this like boxer Mayweather type of gimmick. So I went through like title boxing and we got him like legit trunks made, legit, uh-huh. legit trunks made, not like whatever. And I remember being like, hey, I'm going to the mall this weekend. I think there's a Claire's there. I can pick up some like 
gold chains and stuff. And she's like, oh, no, 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 we're going to go through this company. Yeah. And I'm like, girl, I literally could have spent $10. But this company was charging us like $100 for item. Yeah. Like just insane. But I think that that comes down to like, especially when you come from the indies, like you learn how to how to how to be thrifty. You learn There's no money. How to, yeah. 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 Like I'm not spending a I'm not spending a hundred dollars on a jacket unless it's like this is the ring jacket. Like I have so many ring jackets. If I spent actually my black one was a hundred dollars, but it is like our signature black jacket. You know what I mean? Like we're not, I'm not spending a thousand dollars on one item that I'm never going to wear again. And I'm also using, I think that's also the part of it too, is like when you have learned to make do with what you have, if you give me a thousand dollars, I will dress this entire locker room because I'm used to doing it for less. But when it feels like there's an unlimited budget, that's when you get into like, oh, we spent third. Can you imagine spending $30,000 over budget? No, no. I mean, it's like that's that and that and see, like, uh, like I said before, um, Major was a self-made guy. He didn't come from a bunch of money. So uh, I do not consider him to be in the general, uh, you know, definition of what a money mark in wrestling is that we've all come to know. Uh, but one thing that he didn't have is he did sort of I, I feel like he wanted to spend money on everything to make it look really cool. And I felt like he could have spent money on some things and had the same results. And, uh, and what he ended up doing is like, he was allowing people like, uh, and this is no shot at her. She had no clue about what, yeah. like <laughs> she could have gotten away with versus what she did do. But um, you know, she would spend like, I remember that they going back to the typewriter, they were going to, this, this company called me and I'm like, I got to take control of this. Cause I don't know what's going on. And they called me and they said like this typewriter, Oh yeah, we're trying to find one. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be about, uh, you know, and it was something I, I want to say it was somewhere between 800 and like $1,200 for this typewriter. And I'm like, we could go to the damn Goodwill, Goodwill. and find one of these, I like any grow, you know, we go to the dumpster and find one of these anywhere. Uh, but you know, obviously when you work for a company like that, they're going to gouge you. And that's what was happening left and right. So, once we got past that initial like uh, money burn through the and and you know really I think that initial thing sort of that might have like sort of uh, you know hurt us the entire time like hamstrung us the entire time to be honest but uh, but we we over time we all learned how to do it better I mean we've talked about how uh, Travis Bowden wasn't there very long um we had several staff changes through the first you know year six months to a year and uh, everyone just got more efficient and i think major understood all that i think he knew like this you know i always say this every time but major told me when he hired me he's like look we're gonna have a plan we'll have a long-term plan we'll, we'll map out what we want to do the first year five years ten years whatever and he goes it will completely change in like six months and we have to find where the money comes from and we have to go down that revenue stream and we can't just you know this will all change you know which seems like fr- then why are we doing it but uh we we, we were doing it just to have some kind of sort of direction. And I really learned a lot from major, like in terms of I've worked for major and Vince McMahon and the wrestling business, they were similar and very different, I should say uh, in different ways, but they um, I, I think major was the kind of guy that uh, knew everything negative that was going to happen, but assumed that everything would positively turn around. And uh, you know, I think it was, but the growth was not going to equal the, the the valley that we had to go into to get to that point um what were some of the other things marty that you picked up over time uh you eventually started working and were one of our featured female uh players there but uh what, you remember what did, how that happened well refresh my memory 
So uh, Major was, I don't know. I don't want to say that he was necessarily against having women's matches. I just didn't think he saw a need for them. Um, and so I remember kind of talking to you about it. It was April. Uh, it was going to be our, our big show. We were crowning uh, our first ever uh, NWL Kansas City champion, which ended up being Dak Draper. Mm -hmm. uh, right? Yeah, Sam, uh, Dak was the first one. Um, you just put it on the board. You and I were talking about it. I basically, I was like, hey, like me and Mia Yim have great chemistry at this point. Oh, yeah. uh, and you just put it on, you put it on the board. And you said like, he literally walked by and he's like, we're having a women's match. And you're like, yep. And he was like, okay. <laughs> and before, so that was like perfect storm. First ever women's match. I have not wrestled at this point in like six months. So I feel rusty as heck. Um, I have not wrestled in like six months. The match right before us is um, Besties versus Royal Blood. And uh, Fitchit has one of the twins ends up doing like their 450, whatever splash, landing on his ribs. Oh, yeah. So he's in they the middle he... of the ring thinking he's oh, yeah. dying. Uh, so he gets basically carted out. And thought like, he pierced his lung. Yes. Yes. Literally being carted out. And we're like, oh, cool. Yeah, we're on deck. Yeah, yeah, no problem. No, no problem. But also before that, uh, he came up to me and I forgot exactly what he said, but he was basically like, Almost like this is your one chance, like don't mess it up, type of thing. <laughs> and um, after the match, he came up to me and he was like, "My daughters loved it. We'll keep doing it." And literally, that's what sold him. Like his daughters <laughs> were so into it, they were like jumping up and down and like at the guardrail. And so he was like, "All right, I guess we'll keep doing it." So um, at yeah, those so daughters, was... I think. at those shows, if you guys remember being on headset, he was brutal. <clears throat> Oh, Sometimes. Yeah. But you know what? I've from what I've 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 done this now. I've worked in other like in, in on the production side of other things. I've worked for it in MMA. Um, actually, also thanks to Chris, uh, I got my first experience. Uh, my second experience. Thanks to Chris, I got to work for Invicta. But that was my second experience working uh, in MMA. Uh, Chris just happened to put in that good word uh, with his friend who literally hired me sight unseen. It was amazing. Uh, and. I've I've and I've worked for other MMA companies. I feel like that's just normal. Mm. It's a lot it of is. yelling. It's a it lot is. of like, what are you doing? Oh Look, my god, are you like I've literally I have... heard it being like, are you stupid? And I'm just like, <laughs> and then afterwards, like, oh yeah, that was a great show. Thank you. Yeah, like, yeah. It made you want to come back and be like, man, that was so good. I'm like, dude, you were screaming the entire time yeah. on headset. Yeah, I feel like that's normal. I feel like that's I, just it is. Happens. I've worked in TV for many years, whether it's sports or wrestling or whatever. And the the problem is like as things can become more corporate and corporate, and you know. Uh, super levels of wokeness start creeping into everything of our life. Um, people try to act like, oh, I can't believe you cursed at this person <laughs> during a live broadcast. I'm like, this is how it is. You know, I remember yeah. like when some of the corporate stuff started sneaking into like live television production. And I'm like, look, you cannot start uh, comparing uh, a lady or a guy in the call center who's dealing with customers and treating, think that their life is going to be the same as someone working on live television aspects because there's so much stress, so much pressure. People are so mad. I mean, people work so hard on this stuff. And if one person doesn't do their job, they just get their ass ripped. And that's just what happens. And that major was, uh, has been a successful businessman because he is cutthroat and he knows what to do and how to, you know, he doesn't take things personal. Uh, I've, I've dealt with major on uh, the winning and losing side of things. And he's like, he does not take it personal. He knows his business is business and, but he will cut your throat just like any big time 
uh, business guy does in America. And, uh, you know, like love it or hate it. That's how business is done. I don't care if you don't like it or not, because that's, you know, if you don't like it, then you're not in that world. So it doesn't matter. But, but uh, some of his, oh my God, some of his like things during the show, like Don Diablo. Oh, so Don, okay, yeah. but also like, was he wrong? Was he wrong? So I love Don Diablo. Don Diablo was a, uh, he was a ring announcer for Metro pro. And then he got, the gig with NWL and Don had a great voice and he was very good at pumping up the crowd. Don, Don very had good. very, he had aspects that were very, that no one else could do as well after him. However, Don wasn't like the biggest student of wrestling. And he also would sometimes forget who was in the ring or, or rules of the match or whatever. And when, and so the thing that pissed me off the most about Don Diablo losing his job eventually by getting fired by major was that he owned a damn two, going back to Marcy. He yep. owned a $2,000 blue tuxedo, which I was like, are you sure you want to fire him? He has a really nice jacket. And uh, <laughs> he, it he literally, fired. it was, it was a, um, a Michael's tuxedo, right? Uh, yes, uh, Michael's of yeah. Ric Flair fame. Who used I was like, to oh, yeah, Rick, yeah. I mean, Flair we're, we're talking about this is what Ric Flair wore. Is <laughs> yeah. What, yeah, is what this man got. It was but a blazer. You know yeah. No, I think it was a whole suit. I think it was a whole suit. I thought it was just the, uh, the coat. I, thought I, he, I think he also had the blue pants. I think yeah, that was, I think like, he had the blue the pants thing. too. Yeah. Okay. But one thing too that I find, I mean, it makes sense. Like, like you mentioned at first, he basically, what he did, he brought people from his corporate world. People that he trusted, which honestly, that makes sense. You're uh, going totally. into this crazy new, you know, venture. Why would you not bring people you trust? The only thing is, and this is nothing against them, they were not in the wrestling business. Right. They were not, they were in the corporate business, but they were not in the wrestling business. I feel like when the number of people involved in wrestling outnumbered the pe- the corporate people, things took a shift. And that's when we started seeing positive change like growth when that's when we started seeing different towns you know being added onto our list sell out crowds all of that it was as soon as he started paying more attention to what the wrestlers were telling him i think that really made a change and and i i just remember like coming in monday morning and like gabe saying like i can't believe this is my job like we're sitting here watching wrestling like this is our job and i do think that that is something that was also very much like what the fuck? Like this is, <laughs> I already cursed one. So you have to, no, no, that's that. fine. That's fine. But, I think most know, people that come from wrestling, Marty are especially indie wrestling. Appreciate that way more than, I mean, not everyone appreciated it as we know, but like, if you come from a world where, you know, you start making, you know, hot dog and a handshake. And like, if you're lucky, you're making triple digits somewhere in indie wrestling. And then you get thrown into what major had built or was starting to build with NWL. I would hope that you would appreciate that and like, hold on to it and like guard it with your life because you know what's what's the alternative going back to your job that's sort of sort of a part-time job because you need all the crazy hours for your indie wrestling schedule uh i you know the ones that didn't get it the one were you shocked by that marty i was shocked that the ones that wouldn't like just i mean just embrace this to the nth degree were the ones that i just never understood sometimes i wonder with certain people though was it like they it was almost like too good to be true type of thing and where they're like well i need to i need to hold on to this little belief that i have because if this failed at least i can go back like like we've, we've talked about name changes yeah. i didn't i didn't have my name changed i was one of the few people that didn't have my name changed but also i was coming in one i wasn't coming in to be a wrestler anyways but also i feel like i was coming in like you said with a background of already 
having done something very, very recently, literally mm -hmm. months before with that name. So it didn't make sense for me to keep my name. Honestly, if he would have asked to change my name, you know why I would have said yes? Because I did, I did it for impact. Impact changed my name. They literally dropped one letter, but they changed my name because that way they didn't own it. If you're looking at it from a business point of view, sure, change my name because you're not going to own my name. Like, what if this thing blows up and all of a sudden he's like, oh, actually, whatever your name is, like, this is not mine. Like, there were just so many things to think about. And I just don't think that everybody has that, like, look aheadness no. of where they're like, fuck it. They don't, see, see they don't see the and forest think, from the trees. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. They, they, they and do... I also, we also had, I don't know, like I said, like, I feel like I was able to go all in on this. There were a lot of people that were not going to be able to go all in on this. And maybe that also makes a difference. Um, I don't know. I, I do think that there were people that didn't appreciate what we had. And like looking back on it, maybe they feel differently about it. Maybe they don't. I don't know. But I definitely know that I was I was super appreciative of the whole experience because I feel like I was able to just add so much to my resume. So I mean, much, let's be so many experiences that I never would have had otherwise. And let's be honest, out of everybody, you said, you know, you were sing newly single, all this kind of stuff. But out of everybody, you actually had the most to lose, I think, because you uh, you had actually been on a Nash. That was when TNA was running hot when yeah. you guys were in it. I, you were the only person I knew who the hell you were even remotely were when I first met you. And I was like, oh, that's the girl from TNA. I know who she is. Although I wasn't an avid TNA watcher, but I knew who yeah. you were. And it's like, so you taking this leap of faith by coming to the NWL, not a nationally televised brand, you out of all people should have been more guarded. You should have been like, listen, this is X, Y, and Z. This is what I'm going to do because you were the one with the most recognition out of anybody. But I actually just had this discussion with somebody today. Um, I'm the kind of person that I'm going, I don't have a choice but to succeed. So like, I knew that I was going to go all in on this. And if it didn't work for whatever reason, this wasn't going to be the end of my life. Like I was going to figure something else out, whatever it is. And I'm not afraid to start over. And I think that that is something that a lot of people have. And maybe that's also what was scaring a lot of people. Like even with the name change, it is almost like you're starting over. But to me, I don't necessarily see it as starting over. I see it as like a chance to rebirth, basically a chance to create this new persona, create this new character. Um, and because you think about it, we always talked about it. And obviously, maybe it wasn't the same money as like a Vince McMahon or Tony Khan were going to pay you. But are you telling me that if Vince McMahon called you and wanted to change your name, you'd be like, no, nah, man, I'm this on the indies. Like, OK, not everyone's Kevin Steen. Not everyone's going to show up and be like, this is my name. You know what I mean? Like, so I don't know. I just remember just kind of being like, all right, well, that's y'all. Like, if that's what you guys want to do, I'm going to go all in on this. I'm going to literally at this point bet on myself and see what happens and did it end up you know what I hoped it would yes and no I feel like I got so much out of it would I have loved to have gotten more years out of it yes but also I got I was able to bounce into so many opportunities like I always say man everything happens for a reason uh we closed down April right it was April Yes, we closed on April. And so now I live in Kansas City. I have a lease at this point. Me and Hoodie uh, are living together. He decides to go back to Colorado because it was cheaper for him to pay his pay his part of the rent and live in Colorado than it was to break our lease. And so I'm kind of like, you know what, I'm just going to to see what happens. I'm going to stay here. 
May, I get a call from Telemundo and they're like, hey, we have this new reality show that we want you to try out for. In June, I auditioned. In July, I got it. Um, funny little story. My lease was up in like beginning of October. And um, I don't know. He's not laughing. So I don't know if he remembers this. My lease was up at the beginning of October. And I didn't know how long I was going to be on the show. Oh, I, do. I ended up. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I ended up making it. But my plan, everything really happened so fast. It went from like I auditioned and then I wasn't going to start right away. So I had weeks to get my apartment together, pack my apartment up. And then it literally was like, hey, we need you to start this week. You have four days to get your entire life in order because you're going to be completely incommunicated from the world. And I remember being like, hey, Gabe, like, you know, if I'm going to be got one, I wanted him to come around and like check my car and like move my car so that my battery wouldn't die. But also I was like, hey, um, I'm going to leave my apartment packed and like maybe you can just go in and like get all my stuff out. And then he got to my apartment and there was like a box packed. So and you know how I feel about your car. I hated that car. Yeah. That car was was just. Dude, it got me around. It was not the prettiest car, but it worked. It got me around. It was the first car I ever owned. Here, I had here, just gotten my license. Like here's Marty, like this, like kind of like dresses. You know, she has this thing, and then she rolls up in a gold Rio, and that but also thing, like the car wasn't bad. Like it was just a, like it, my car gold. was that. What was there was not one cosmetic flaw with that car except its ex- <laughs> entire existence. There were no bumps. There were no dents. It was just an ugly car. It w- And it, re- it ran like shit. And you wouldn't admit it. It ran like shit. That car was a piece did. of shit. But I got rid of it. I got $1,000 for it. So. <laughs> and then she got another car that had like 250,000 miles on it. And um, I got it for $2,000. And did. I'm still using it. You're and still- I'm still using Look, it. Look, she's very resourceful, Gabe. But uh, you going back to what you were talking about earlier when you say that um, you know she had the most to lose. I agree with that from a standpoint of a character. But I don't – I agree. The reason why she was more open to doing it, Marty, and you could – is because you – you had been through this and you knew how special this was. I think everyone else that had a problem with it, you're being nice about like having to start over. And maybe that was some of their thoughts. My thought is they were super small minded and they were super inexperienced, super simple, super naive. Like they thought they were going to, you know, uh, this was going to ruin their life, even though like even the part timers that we were asking to change names just so we could have some kind of like characteristic that people would like just in our company and not every other indie within, uh, you know, the radius of two hours. Um, they would they you know, you can use your name everywhere else except here. And they still had a huge some people had a huge problem with that. It just didn't make any sense to me. You're going to make more money here. You only do this on the weekends. Uh, you know, what was the problem, but you know, whatever they can argue it all they want. That was just, I just thought that was super simple. Um, but yes, I think you, you did it, but you would have done it, uh, because you understood like, yes, it's not the end of the world. Uh, I remember literally the day that, uh, impact reached out to me to offer me a contract. I started my list of name changes because I'm just like, obviously I love my name. I was born with it and I changed it up for wrestling, but it is a name that I have used my entire career, but also like. If I had to change it tomorrow, I don't know. I guess I believe in myself enough to know that I'm going to make it work. And I don't know. It just, I think about like, I just had this conversation recently with Jessica Havoc, actually. She was very hesitant about changing her name and dropping the Havoc gimmick and becoming this Jessica character because uh, she had gotten so used 
to being, you know, to being this character and having all this. But then also she saw it as this opportunity to literally like restart her career almost. And it's been going great for her and she's been loving it and she's having so much fun now. I think you just, man, we, at the end of the day, it's just wrestling. Like you gotta, you gotta learn to fucking like, I don't know, not be so, like, I understand standing up for yourself and there were some people that we eventually did go back to their their indie names. But look at somebody like Dak Draper. Dak Draper reinvented himself and Ran became Dak Draper. Yeah. And he is still Dak Draper. Like, he is one of the only guys that I think really was like, oh, I'm not going to be... I forgot, what was his name before? I don't Sammy remember Six Guns. And then, Sammy Six Guns. And then Tyler... Well, we, we said it the other day. Tyler something on... Uh, Travis Tyler. Travis Tyler, thank you. Yeah. yeah. That was uh, his NXT, NXT name. Yeah. Oh, I was like, I don't, I don't even know who that is. Yeah, you, yeah. you had that look on your face. Like, is. Okay. Yeah, well, the people that were full timers, that was part of the contract. Yeah. And they were going to do it anyway. It just mattered how much someone was really going to embrace it. So, so Marty, you transitioned from being a, uh, you transitioned from being uh, on screen talent uh, behind the scenes to <laughs> doing, you had some legendary interviews in St. Louis with, uh, what, what was your like <laughs> kind of running um, gimmick? Uh, who was it? Uh, not, oh not Marcellus Gaines. Um, no, uh, Murder One. You and Murder One had some good interaction, but it wasn't Murder no, One. No, it, it wasn't was... Murder. Oh, now Douglas. Uh, actually, Wait. no. The actually, Billion Dollar Man? Yeah, the Billion Dollar Brother. Yeah. Emma Dubois. Emma Dubois. That was, oh my God, he is in my reel. I actually have one of my interviews with him in my reel. Um, Classic. Classic. That Those were so fun. He was such a, and that's the thing, like there were some people that just <clears> went like and even even somebody like Murder One. Let's talk about Murder Murder One, um, which from actually Atlanta. That was from Atlanta. We love murder. So weird to say. I have yeah. friends they murder. We and love I have friends murder. It's very very weird. Yeah. Talking about talking in public about them is very 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 awkward. But um, actually that was the first um, uh, Chris actually let me uh produce his uh and direct his uh his video, his uh. So I was like really and that was also really fun. Like I got to do. I got to pitch ideas and be like, hey guys, what if we do it this way? And Chris mm -hmm. was like, yeah, fuck it, let's do it. Let's let's, let's see what happens. Um, but no, me and Emma Dubois, like, oh, that's what I was saying. Like somebody like Murder, who literally he's a trainer. He's been wrestling for X number of years. And he's like, all right, cool. I'll be this new pimp. Like that sounds, that sounds like something completely different. I'll do it. It was really fun. But Emma Dubois, man, we had some fun. He was probably one of my favorite people to interview because we just, we had great fucking chemistry. Um, it was hopefully, I think, going to lead into us having a match at some point mm -hmm. that, like, I like forgot me. what was going to happen. It was going to be, yeah. I, and so that would have been very, very much. We had we had some cool time. characters. And some of these characters, like, didn't, uh, maybe they weren't the best in the ring, but they were so good, like, so with good. the character that it didn't really matter. Yeah. And that's the kind of wrestling that I sort of liked from a childhood. Like, yeah. you don't necessarily have to be great in the ring. As long as I believe in the character, like, very little matters. You could, Look like, at somebody like Warrior, and not saying that anybody, you know, was Warrior, but people, like, sure. people remember Warrior as being this, like, crazy, crazy character. If you look back and you watch his matches, he wasn't the best in ring. Sucked. But no. No. you... There are so many people that are still big Warrior fans. And yes, I'm like, yeah, it's because, and it wasn't just the face paint. I'm sure that helped, yeah. but like, it was his character. Yeah. It was the, like, I don't know. It was just the insaneness, but. um. But like, I mean, when you look uh, at someone like Cornell Douglas slash Murder One, that character was so interesting because we were, it was controversial. When we mm -hmm. started edging on the race stuff, I was like, whoa, this could be either the biggest heat getting thing we've ever done 
or it could lead us into a landmine. Yeah. And there I were some people also, that had problems with that. Yeah. Well, even I remember the first ever sit down interview that I ever did was with um, Red Cloud mm. because people were like, why, why are you having this white man do this Native American gimmick? And so we had to do the sit down interview to literally explain to people, yes, he looks like a white man, but yes, this is all, this is a Native American man. And so we literally, and I, and that was also something that was, I remember when we, when we shot that being like, holy cow, like I, this is my first ever like yeah. sit down interview that I got to like ask questions about. And, and he was, he's a very quiet person. So literally like getting, getting, getting him to speak and like making him open up. I was like, oh shit, I'm kind of not bad at this. I might, I might want to do this at some point in my life for like a living. Like this is crazy. Um, but he was definitely, that was a lot of fun. Red Cloud was, I mean, Red Cloud looks like a, he's a big power lifter from Nebraska and he's white as snow and he looks, got some reddish brown hair yeah. and you would not think he has native in his background, but he legitimately does. And that's yeah. why he was cool with having this gimmick and he's the one that helped put that gimmick together. Yeah. So we had to sort of, you know, a lot of people didn't understand that and still don't understand that. But uh, oh. I have a friend very similar with him that looks just like him. And I understood the situation other than, you know, not every Native American looks like the prototypical one that, right. you, that you might think of. Well, isn't I'm pretty sure that his real name is Nate Redwing. Like I'm like ninety nine percent sure. I think it is. Yeah, I think, yeah, he's well, Nate Redwing. That's what I, I knew I remember, him as. Yeah, that I mean that's at least the, the name he wrestles under, and I'm pretty sure it is his name. And even in that interview, he brought a picture out of his dad, and like his dad is literally him. Like he looks just like his dad, except he has very pale skin and he has red hair. Like, and he gets that from like his mother's side. But like, yeah, I mean. I don't know. It was just it was interesting because I feel like sometimes too people that wanted to attack us for things like that were people who weren't paying attention. They wanted a reason to not like us because what we were doing was so different and was so. Sure. I don't know. I think people just wanted a reason to be like, "Screw you guys! You guys suck!" And we're like, "Actually, do we though?" I I actually remember one of my jobs, Marty. You're right. Was calling these. I had a list of their shoot names, and I had to call these guys and be like, um. Hello, Nate Redwing, you know, and like, hey, uh, this is this is uh, Ben Miller from the NWL. And I just want, you know, what's your height? What's your weight? Like, tell me about mm -hmm. your character. That was like my first like yeah. job in the office. And then so, yeah, yeah, I think his name really was yeah. Nate Redwing. Sure his name is but like again, Redwing. we did yeah. so much stuff like I, I didn't. I totally forgot about that. I totally forgot oh, about yeah. The countless hours we did street street teaming. I mean, yeah, we bullshitted a lot, but I mean, we 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 literally did like we got it done. We got it done. We got there it done. So many, it, it's crazy because there will be random days that I will get like a flashback of something, and it's usually hoodie. I'll text him and be like, "Do you remember?" Or like, I'll you know, I yeah. I always said I missed um, somebody we haven't discussed at all. Who I also was very very happy I got a chance to work with was Matt Jackson. Um, sure, and like I. Here. I, I missed, like, after NWL shut down, especially, you know, before I went to work for Goff at his winery, I missed, like, Matt Jackson rants. I missed uh, fucking Chris Goff, like, rants. And it just, I don't know, it, it, it was so many different personalities. And I think about that all the time in wrestling in general. I feel like a lot of the people that I'm really, really close to in wrestling, you would never, like, if it wasn't for wrestling, we probably never would have been friends. Totally. We never would have ran in the same circles, like, and it's, it's just so interesting to see, like, the groups of people. Like, you know, we have Ben, we have Chris, we have me and, and Matt Jackson. Like, 
Like where, where would the four of us ever have connected and been like, not just working together, but actually kind of liking each other and being friends. Yeah, like, you, you're in Jack. You and Jackson had a had a a thing, right? I, oh, I'm, yeah, now, was, I'm now remembering that. Yeah, you guys had this on camera chemistry that I remember sitting there for mm -hmm. and laughing because. Yeah. And that, and you guys had something really special. I don't know where it was leading, but he'd like, dang, it's going to lead to a match. It was leading it was to a match, which is what ended up sort of happening at Metro when that's right. Chris, Chris brought Metro back one for the one show, basically, because that was also the part that was so like heartbreaking is that like debut show we were going to have one, we literally put blood, sweat, and tears. Those freaking bleachers. Just the bleachers alone. They were literal. I had to get a steroid shot um, because <laughs> of the freaking infection I got from breathing in. Softer. Like, even that, we haven't even talked about. I feel like we're going to have to do a part two. We haven't even talked about when we moved to the to the training center. Uh-huh. Like we haven't even we haven't we've even we've brought up that. we have we have talked about the Harlem Globetrotters and them putting in the bathrooms that were would not even be like kosher for like oh if the sportatorium God. was still up right now the bathrooms were worse new now. Oh, yeah. oh my God! And, and, like and oh. the the amount of dust where majors like stop being so because we were like can we work from home and he's like no and I'm like. We're dying here. And like, then I literally had to go get a steroid shot. Yeah, we all got, got sick. I got such a bad respiratory infection. Yeah, we all got Because we sick. were literally Gosh. like sitting there. And then he was like, yeah, guys, uh, stay home. Uh, work from home. We're like, yeah, we know. Like, it was um, pretty dirty in there. It was pretty, pretty bad. There was like When they were cleaning. Everywhere. Yeah. But I mean, it, but we did have, yeah, we did have but blood. But that's the tears. thing. That was the thing that like hurt the most is we had put so much work so and much. we were like so proud of what we were about to accomplish. There were so many storylines. Like finally, me and Lucy were going to have our match. We had been chasing each other for months. We were <laughs> finally going to have that match. And there were just so many stories that just felt like. And I, so I am glad, Chris, that you did bring Metro back, even if it was for one show, just to be able to give not just the fans, but also us that closure, like me getting to beat Lucy and then Jackson getting involved and me getting to whoop his ass. I feel like it definitely was like it was it. it we needed that. We really, really needed that. Well, I want to talk about let's before Gabe gets into his uh, his final <laughs> questions that I really don't want to ruin anymore. Gabe, sorry. Um, uh, why don't we get to like speaking of uh, the last time that we had a little meeting together with Major and the sort of the end of the company? Um, the funny thing that I will always bring up with you is that you weren't you were the only one not there because you were like mid flight and you were getting like text messages saying that you were fired and let go. So like, how did that go down? <laughs> so I got invited to the red carpet for uh, Veneno, which is a movie about the Dominican wrestler Jack Veneno. So I got invited to this fabulous red carpet. So I'm I'm loving life. I'm in New York wearing this gown, hitting the red carpet, doing interviews, all this. And then I have a layover in St. Louis for some reason. And then I get a text message from Maverick and it says like, it's over. And I'm like, what? Like what? <laughs> yeah, I was really confused. So I like messaged him and I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? And he's like, um, yeah, Major just came in and shut the company down. And I was like, hold on. This was like a Monday. Oh no, I think it was a Wednesday. It was, a Wednesday. It was a Wednesday. It was Wednesday. It was a Wednesday. And we're we're opening the TPC. We're opening in three days. There's I was like, dude, what? And so I call him 
And then I think Major texts me. I don't remember if he, I don't think he called me. I think he texted me and he was like, hey, if you have any questions, like I'm more than happy to answer. And I'm like, thank you for the opportunity. Like, what do you <laughs> say? Like, I, what? And so yeah. I do remember like coming, uh, we all got together one, I think it was like that Friday or something. We all came in, like the people that worked at the TPC because we have that one picture of all of us in the ring. Like all of our eyes are like super swollen because obviously we've all been crying. <laughs> Even you, Chris. Um I don't know, man. It was like it's sad. It was definitely I just sad. I couldn't believe it. And then I couldn't believe it because I was like, holy crow, like now like I just lost my job. But then you start thinking about it. And I was like, oh shit, wait. I have a lease. I live in Kansas City now. And like I wasn't gonna go back to Kansas. To, I wasn't gonna go back to Cleveland. So I'm like, Allison's like, move here to Detroit with me. And so I'm considering moving to Detroit. Like, I'm like, do I go back? A lot of people just assumed I was gonna be going back to New York. And I just I was like screw it I got this you know a month later I got the opportunity to go do the show and I kind of just I ended up staying in 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 Kansas City an extra like three and a half years yeah you're welcome crazy yeah Chris employed me didn't make me go homeless also the pandemic had a lot to do with it I think too um, sure but I mean look uh you are uh very similar to a lot of my really good friends that are wrestlers for most of their, you know, their full-time job is wrestling. Um, you can put most of your belongings in a hatchback and drive anywhere you want and like not have anymore. a new life. <laughs> Maybe not, not now because you have a special guy in your life. But uh, I, I'm just saying like you were able to, you, that was what made it cool too, is like a lot of the people there, the family that they had is like the wrestling people. And that's very mm -hmm. similar in wrestling at every indie level or just at something like this. It's like, you know, a lot of people that are involved in wrestling, this is their life. Uh, a lot of them don't have like uh, a normal family life necessarily, whether it's with their parents or whether it's with the married and kids or whatever. And so uh, that, you know, your, your family is the wrestling people. So that's why it's a pretty small net group, even though there's, you know, a, a number of them around America, but you know, everybody knows everybody. I, I, you know, I, I always reflect Marty on the fact that we, I mean, it was like, we became this weird, strange. I remember having hoodie and his girlfriend at the time uh, Thor and his wife. No one talks about Thor enough, by the way. We should we could do a whole podcast about yes. Thor. Oh my gosh! I, I just one of the most genuine, funny, undercover funny guy. Oh my god! He's that's so like the funny. thing. I wish we would have. I really wish. I think we talked about like that was like the part of why they um got those apartments because there was like talks about like a reality show. I think the reality show should have been us. Should have yeah. been the Office and yeah, Thor and. Yeah, just... I mean, and I remember just hanging out on my front porch with these wrestling people. And then I had random other like of my normie friends. And they're like, who are these guys? I'm like, oh, I know these guys from pro wrestling. And they're like, what? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. And But I mean, we went over to Goff's house and we've mm -hmm. we've hung out at Goff's house and and like, you know, ate a bunch of great food. And I mean, we really became like a we family. Had, I do remember, it's too, um, the first Thanksgiving that we had all been living there. It was, you know, Thanksgiving is like the worst time to try to fly home. And I remember us all getting together at Lucy's apartment and having, and actually I think like her mom came over. So like we're, it's like me, Zach, Maverick. Um, I forgot who else was there. Lainey, I think was there. Yeah. Just a bunch of us like hanging out with Lucy and her mom, like having Thanksgiving dinner. Cause we didn't have like right. family nearby. You really, you really do become like each other's family. There's not really yeah. much 
Yeah, it was, I need something again. We, we hit the wrestling lotto. I've said it a thousand times. You've hit it a bunch of times. You, you, you know, you had a contract with TNA, you know, you're doing great things right now with the hex, which we'll get to, or is it hex or the hex? The hex. The hex. Okay. Um, but yeah, it was just like, I mean, we really became like a family and when those bonds still stay to get day, like hoodie said in his interview, he was having beef with another former NWL guy. And then Maverick steps in and says, Hey, we're NWL guys. We don't have beef. And it's just like, wow. Like, which, which, which is BS because we do, you know, we, we, we're family. We, 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 we yeah. Oh my God. Literally hoodie sent me a picture the other day and it's a picture of us from up down. And there were three <laughs> pictures. There's three pictures in a row. And it literally, it looked like we started off, like somebody was going to take a picture and we started arguing. So it's like the progression of us like yelling at each other, yelling at each other. And then we're like in a big hug. Like Hoodie is literally just like one of my brothers. Like we, there, I, there are a few people that still check on me and that still call me. Like I talked to Goff yesterday. Like I was on the phone with Goff for like a half hour yesterday. And like, there's people that I feel like are going to be a part of my life probably forever because of NWL. And I mean, I've been gone now um, almost a year, uh, not quite, but getting close to a year. Uh, and I feel like I still, I still keep in touch with you guys. I still hit you up yep. to see how how your family's doing. Yep. Um, and you know, I, I, I definitely, I miss Kansas City a lot. Me and Hoodie were just talking about that we need to do like a Kansas City reunion. Uh, soon and I or an NWL reunion, and yeah, I think that right, yeah. Chris, I think that Chris should host it at the winery. I do, dude. <laughs> Amen well, to that. Amen to that. Like, well, uh, to make sure it's closed to the public, so they don't have yeah. to see the the riff raff I used to hang <laughs> we'll, out with. We'll come in on a Monday, whatever. Yeah, um, yeah, we'll make it happen, man. That would be awesome. That'd be also cool. like I don't, I don't, I hate being like I hate talking nice about him, but um. Yes. Well, I wasn't going to talk about you. <laughs> Let me get my spoon. Oh, no. Um, Chris was probably one of the best bosses I've ever had, both at NWL. And then I know that at first he was kind of unsure about hiring because, you know, you know, wrestling has a lot of idiots. And I, 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 I think, Chris, I think I can speak for Chris when I say that hiring me was probably a good decision. Am I right? It, was, I right? it, was, it was a great decision, yes. Yeah, both and, of you guys were great decisions. Well, I mean at the winery, but also – I guess. Well, just to bring you both to Kansas City, and uh, you both, well, yeah. Gabe likes it way more than you, obviously. But um, you, uh, yeah, uh, no, you were great to come to the winery. Yeah, because... I got a golf compliment. <laughs> I know you better, you better have record. Like, keep this, dude. Why yeah, be the one. Like, oh my god, the file's corrupted. I, it, I don't know what happened. Chris, I'm done. It's like, <laughs> well. Marty, you were uh, one thing that I love about Marty, and Lucy was like this as well. And the wrestling side of things, this has nothing to do with the winery, but uh, is that one of my favorite thing is that I can go to Marty at any point, and if we want a little bit more sizzle, if we want a little bit more like, hey, there's a lot of guys out here, and we need it to be a little sexy out there today. Uh, Marty was like knows what to do. I'm not doing any. I'm not sexually harassing anybody. I'm like I'm playing what we call this is called television people okay i know everyone doesn't understand why tom cruise and all these like brad pitts the world get good uh gigs but it's because most of the people watching it want to see the people on screen and uh the girls that were at the nwl understood that weren't like offended they were I, they weren't being used as uh as anything more than just accentuating why you know the reasons they're there i mean as much as the, the guys were like that too you know okay. it's not 
I'm hot. I get it. <laughs> I mean, Jack Draper a, was wearing. There's a lot of creeps in wrestling, but the one thing you can say about Goff, I never got a creepy vibe from him. No. And I'm not saying that because he's sitting on the <laughs> like I never was like, oh, no. Goff's a perv. Thank like I so met much. a lot of dudes in the in the business that I was like, oh boy, rapey. But like Chris Goff was like, okay, he's like no. a dad slash big brother, like you know, and, and I didn't get into wrestling because I thought the girls were hot. I got into wrestling because I was a child and I loved watching the wrestling. <laughs> so I, and so, by the way, I've had dates and girlfriends and wives for years now. So I don't need to wives? do that. As wives? To, you know, wives? Like, wives? It's, it's in the I'm talking like, you know, in the, the in grand the royal scheme of everything we. together. Yeah. Yes, the royal we. Yeah. But, you know, I uh, <laughs> yes, I don't need to do that. OK, I understand most of the promoters watching this right now. Um, they get their rocks off on losing money and, and bringing in hot girls. That's fine. Uh, that's just your way of paying for porn. But whatever. Woo! Dang, we're spicy today. Am I saying anything wrong? Marty? No, no, I no. I, oh, OK, I you're not disagreeing either. So I'm, I'm not curious. saying nothing. OK. Uh, so, uh, Marty, uh, you know, this, I, we do definitely need to do a part two. Um, I did talk about having all of the office people on for like this round table kind of fun oh shenanigans that will be absolutely unhinged that we probably won't be able to edit or that one. I think needs to be live at the winery. Oh my God. That is a great idea. Yeah. That is and that in that in that side room. Come on, Chris. No, that's fine with me. Yeah. Oh my God. And, and that has to be filmed. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That one's going to be a video. That one's not. Gonna oh, be yeah, video. yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, I, 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 we, me and Chris really wanted to have you on. You know, me and you still stay in touch quite, you know, on a, on a semi frequent basis. Yeah. Um, and I know how much Chris values you. And I know how much I valued our partnership in the NWL because we're always looking for that partnership, Marty. Remember, got to get that partnership. I just scored us a new partnership. <laughs> that guy, that guy was ah. wild. Um, but yeah, let's ask you a few questions. These are okay. questions, you know. I love trolling on your Instagram. Um, it's my favorite thing oh to do. God. Do you remember that that was also like something because you guys had access to my Facebook page, yes. and that was like something we did on Mondays. We went through <laughs> yes. my creepy messages. And oh, comments. Yeah. oh yeah, that was fun. <laughs> After Goff's 9.30 promo, we would go through Marty's Instagram and Facebook. Yes. Uh, so you actually <laughs> stole one of my questions. So we won't, I was going to ask you who was your, um, in, you know, these are NWO related questions. I was going to okay. ask you um, outside of the NWO, who was your favorite boss to work for outside of Chris? Um, In wrestling? Yeah. See, but that's such a hard question because I really technically have only had Con if we're talking contract wise, I've only signed one other contract. Oh, that's not true. I've signed several contracts now, but whatever, you know. Um, <laughs> or just Billy. Someone, someone you like well, having. Just say Billy. So I was gonna say it's it. Billy was somebody is some is somebody that uh, has been interesting to work for, um, because obviously like he's a rock star. <laughs> so like that's that's it's very it's very interesting seeing the different the different like the way his brain works and then like i remember like going to see him at an arena being in an arena and watching billy perform is very very surreal but mm -hmm. it's different it's completely completely different than like i'm not gonna text him like i don't know i don't know his kids birthdays like i'm not gonna text them right. i don't i don't know his birthday actually just passed a few days ago like you know what i mean like i'm not calling billy to shoot the shit 
he's a he's a hard person to compare because he comes from a completely yeah. different world and he's a yeah. mega star. Yes, uh, yes and hasn't made a good album in fifteen years. But anyways, well, um, it only takes one. So whatever. Yeah, well that's true. And he made he made four great albums. The rest of them dog shit. Um. All right. You and I have very different music taste. We'll get, <laughs> you we won't get you have the worst taste, and I realized that when I was cleaning out your horrible apartment. I you had a CD collection. All my CDs. Okay, yeah. here, here's the thing that nobody knows about Marty. We were in the age of MP3s, like way into it. Like we're in Spotify era. We're in Apple iTunes. Marty had the most extensive collection of CDs I've seen in years, yeah. and they were it was mostly rap metal or metal, metal adjacent. New metal. It was all. It was mostly new metal. Garbage. It was I love all new metal. Garbage. I still love new metal. I know you do. Yeah. You have terrible taste in music. I have amazing taste. Terrible taste in music. Listen, everybody loves a biscuit. Let's go. Uh well, the first album was pretty good. All right. Uh I, I mean it. All right. Next question is it was there any angle or any feud um that you would have liked to have seen um or a match or anything that you would have liked to have seen uh happen in the NWL you said the the whole uh Lucy Mendez thing yeah was there something that you would have liked to have seen get played out a little bit more um well I mean we kind of already touched I I feel like everything that we talked about uh like me and Emma Dubois and me and Matt Jackson especially because Matt Jackson like I, I think people don't realize how freaking big and we're not talking about young bucks matt jackson we're talking about st louis matt jackson yes, yes. um people don't realize how big, big he is he's a tall man he like he's not he's not a small man and i gosh I, I i just i think about like the promos that we could have kept doing i know at journey we we did tiptoe into that like we ended up being my manager for a little bit you know yeah. pre-pandemic yeah. obviously yeah. but just like we were just having so much fun. And Jackson is somebody who's extremely, extremely knowledgeable. Um, if you're in the St. Louis area, he runs uh, St. Louis Anarchy. Um, I really would have liked to see where things would have gone with, with Jackson and I. Because, yeah, like, just the promos by them, just the promos itself, I feel like would have been so amazing. So definitely, I think definitely Jackson. So we brought in a few different girls for you to work with in your time in the NWL. Um, is there somebody that you wish that we would have brought in that you would have gotten a chance to work with or brought someone else back um, uh, on a regular basis? Because there was quite a, there. if you remember, there was a rotating yeah. cast of women for a minute. Um, I, Mia Yim and I have always had really good chemistry. And so I think, you know, she was my first match back and I think it was good. Um, I think it was good for, you know, being the first, and being the first ever women's match, period. But I think I was still kind of, shaking off that ring rust, I would have liked to see what we could have done. I would love to see what me and Mia can do now. It's been so many years since we've wrestled each other. It would be really interesting to see what we could have done. Um, I think uh, at that point, I think I would have really liked to have had Allison brought in because um, little known fact, Allison and I have only wrestled each other like twice in our entire careers. Mm. I think it would have been really fun to, um, like in singles matches, we've only, we've only had two singles, two singles matches. That one. That'd be funny if she was sitting right next to you and she's like, "Yeah, like, we're is that, is that right? <laughs> two, two. Yeah, yeah, just two. I think we've only had two singles matches actually, which is crazy because we've been friends for like fifteen years, right. uh, fourteen. But um, yeah, I think I would have really. And also, if you can't tell, I just want to hang out with my friends, so yeah. I would have really enjoyed to have uh to have had her there. I did bring her. I did bring her to Kansas City, but it was uh I think I, we we for some reason had an off weekend because yeah. I went up to Iowa to. Maybe we had a Friday show. Maybe that's what it was. Because I went up to Iowa to get her, and then we hung out. We went to one of Shark Bait's fights, 
So like we we must have been off. We must have had like a Friday show for some reason. I don't know. What was what was your favorite um what was one of your favorite memories outside of the ring? We've talked about a ton of them, whether it was the office or backstage. What is uh, one of your favorite memories from your time in the NWL? I don't know if I could say it. I don't know if I should say it. There's so many. <laughs> there's so many. Oh my gosh. There's, I, there's so many that I feel like I shouldn't say any of them. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I should say any of those. Um, is it regarding? I, I, um. Well, one of them I know is, which one you I know which one you're thinking of. One of the ones you're thinking of. Um coming home from St. Louis and somebody getting a milkshake and like <laughs> Oh, like chili dog? Yeah, chili oh, dog. Oh yeah. Yeah. That there's was that uh, one? there's some good road trips from St. Louis oh, that like God, were undervalued. Like, I mean, you know, everybody every indie wrestling person <laughs> that travels a lot has good road stories. I mean, whether you know things always goes wrong or whatever we had several like when i don't know if it was strider or maverick i don't know whose fault it was but they didn't hook up uh -huh. the the uh, trailer properly oh, and yeah. it started it was, or the generator i guess and they and then we we popped a tire once um yeah so we had to stop and put the generator like no one had like hooked it on the actual actual hitch it was just sort of like not hooked down um but yeah like uh, i won't say his name but yeah i remember your story where that person uh had uh we were okay so i guess i can say it without saying names sure we sure, sure, were sure. coming home from st louis Casaloma was the absolute worst to load in and out of it was Everybody, worst. it was the absolute the worst. worst so we're all, and also the trip I don't know what it is. I can drive like four hours to Detroit and it's like, it's nothing driving those four Horrible. hours from Santa city felt like you were driving for 10 days. Like it was the worst. It, it, it is just the worst. Um, and so we're on the way back. We're already annoyed and tired. Cause we had this crazy, um, load in and load out of Casaloma. And then we get on the road and we stopped at a, um, it's like a, it's just a gas station. It was, or, no, I think oh. it was a steak and shake. It was a steak oh, and shake. Oh, yeah, that, yes. And so, whatever, we all grab, we all grab food. Like, I, you know, I grabbed like a grilled cheese and maybe like a little shake or something to get me through the next few hours. This person gets like a chili dog with the fixings. Like, we're talking the nacho onions. cheese, the onions, everything, and a milkshake. And I think we're driving for like 20 minutes and Chris starts getting text messages. This person has IBS which means they probably should not have eaten anything. And they're aware. It's not like it's like, yeah, I eat something and then I'm like, holy cow, I don't feel well. Mm -hmm. This is somebody who understands that they get sick when they consume these items. Why would you consume these items when we are on a four-hour road trip at like two in the morning? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty stupid. That, yeah, that was pretty stupid. Yeah. And then I don't know if I can say this one either. When Chris turns to somebody and says, "You want me to call nine one one?" Yeah, we, we we've told that story. Yeah, uh, Hoodie, okay. Hoodie, well, Hoodie did because Hoodie loves that story. And Hoodie was there. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it got, you know, these all center on one single person. That's interesting. Um, but uh, that person provided many uh, laughs oh. and. Yeah. and guffaws and he now runs camera for central states wrestling anyway well, now um, people know who he is oh no well his name is josh leonard he went yeah, by josh leo well whatever he probably well you know 
why don't wait? He deserves know? credit for some of these things because we've talked about how yeah. uh, what person says that they need to call nine one one, like in the middle of an office where, like, he obviously just had some kind of indigestion. Like or something. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And I don't so, know. I I do think like um I did enjoy our time at um at the TPC, but I also think that uh were like time at the main like the main street office were very very special times oh yeah they were very special times um yeah. you know we 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 had a nickname we were the bullpen yeah. the bullpen i believe we had um, a swear jar or not a swear yeah. jar uh a douche jar yep a douche jar if you have watched new girl it is uh anytime schmidt says something douchey he has to put money in the jar yeah, that and thing was full and you'd crazy guess who had to put the most money in the jar? Also, uh, Josh Leonard. Yes. Yeah, Although yeah. I will say there was literally one day that I think hoodie like went and because normally you say something and you're like, oh, dude, jar, jar, jar. I feel like one day literally hoodie took money out of his pocket, put it in, and he's like, I'm gonna say something real douchey. So like we we knew. I don't know. It was a lot of fun. Um, that jar mysteriously went into the hands of somebody else. Anywho. Yes. Yep. Um, <laughs> after the company closed. All yes. right. Uh, Marty, thank you so much for, uh, uh being on today. We both, uh, appreciate you adjusting your schedule for my needs. Cause I have to go try to sell a house. Um, thank you so much for doing that. Uh, Marty also plug it, plug away, plug away what you're doing. You're still very active on the rest. I am. So plug away. Um, so we have um, my next, oh, this weekend, actually, I don't know when this is going to air. So I guess I won't talk about this weekend because it's only a few days out. It'll probably air tomorrow. Oh, perfect. Um, so if you are in the Louisville area, Derby City Wrestling is kicking off this Sunday in Louisville. Uh, it is our first TV taping. I'm very excited about it. Um, it'll be running once a month in Louisville. So that's really cool. I live in, in the Cincinnati area now. So I'm very excited to have somewhere locally to work. Um, you can find Allison K and I at the Squared Circle Expo. Um, I believe it's the fifth and the sixth in Indianapolis. That's really fun. Actually, that's been like the best. We've been getting so many signings. Man, that is the best. Like we're showing up, we're getting to get dressed up and hang out with people and like meet, you know, meet a bunch of new people and stuff. So it's been a really fun. Um Martybell.com for all of your merch needs. I just uploaded a ton of new merch that's available there you can find me on patreon and you can find me on only fans as well oh yeah oh only fans the only fans marty bell page which i'll never be a part of hey, uh, yeah. hey, we, the oh i joined thomas pacheco's only fans but not yours yet marty so one day i will do both but uh, i'm married so i won't do that but anyway this is what, been what the, we saying, Gabe. This has literally been the best episode we have ever done. Heads and shoulders, my my cheeks hurt. Uh, Marty, uh, real quick, pee on me, ma. Pee on me, ma. That was a comment that I got on a picture. Oh yeah, Gabe. Gabe, that that is that, that is just that is living rent free in Gabe's head. Always, that is, I mean, oh. forever. That, that, you know, you get so many of those pee on me uh, yeah. comments, yeah. Marty. That I know I'm they like, just, oh, sure, whatever. It's for me. They just come and go daily. Yeah, but they literally, yeah. So, but um, yeah, very excited for your uh, upcoming schedule. Your uh, congratulations on all this success for the NWA recently debuting with Impact. Um, as the hex, um, all the stuff with Allison K. You really, really deserve it. Me and Goff both think that you should actually. Why? Any company hasn't hired you at the very minimum for a backstage correspondent. Anything is beyond me. 
why you're not making way more that. money in the business right now is beyond me. So I appreciate that. Thank you guys. Yeah. So anyways, anyways thank you. Me. So this is real. So yeah. So thank you, Marty, so much for joining us. Goff, you got any last words? No, Marty. Uh, I'll I'll be I'll always be in contact with Marty Bell. She's one Aww. of my favorites. And uh, thanks for coming on, Marty. We'll have to talk again because I'm sure yeah. there's a lot. Oh, like, I feel like there's so much left. There's so yeah, much that we so can much. Even touch on. So NWL and just like central states and like some of the personalities. We didn't get to talk about people like Michael Strider or yeah. Gil Rogers, who I know listens to this show. And like he's another guy that totally embraced his gimmick as well and got super over at NWL and stuff like that. But uh, anyway, we need to do it again. Yeah, we'll absolutely have you on again. Thank we'll you so much, Marty, for joining us. And thank you all for listening to The Worst Territory in the World. Please leave us a comment and a five-star rating. That helps us get noticed up in the uh, charts of iTunes. or I, guess, I don't know if that's a thing anymore. But anyways, we appreciate all the support and all the love. We will see you next time right here on The Worst Territory in the World. It's the worst territory in the world.